So our refreshing podcast is back. It's part of Funny February and Merry March. And I'm very pleased to be joined by Dan Tiernan. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Good morning, Johnny. Uh, very good, thanks, mate. How are you doing? You all right? I'm all right. Now, Dan is taking a bit of time out here to speak to me with a special guest in your house. That is your mum staying with you. So how is looking after mum duties? My mum was up visiting me in Edinburgh last week. So um, you kind of have to make sure you're doing more hoovering and tidying up the normal. <laughs> yeah, I had to, to give the, the room a forensic deep clean. Uh, <laughs> my mates who I live with, I live in like a house share in Brixton, they were like, there's no way my parents would come and stay here. Like, literally <laughs> wouldn't even consider it. But yeah. Uh, they think it's a crack then. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as well as looking after your mum at home, Dan's on tour. You've got a load of dates. A couple have happened already. You've got Manchester on the 28th of February, Edinburgh on the 29th, 3rd of March, Glasgow, and London in May. Part of the Edinburgh Comedy Awards 2023 Best Newcomer nominee. There's awards left, right and centre. Dan is he's literally on fire at the minute. Just to kind of say, Dan, it's a pleasure to, to welcome you as being a former dinner lady to the podcast. And before we get into what it's like being sort of a full-time comedian, how has sort of previous jobs impacted your stand-up now? Yeah, you kind of write about when you, when you first start doing it. For me anyway, I just like write about what I'm doing or what's different about me. So obviously yeah. one of those key things was that I'm <laughs> a dinner lady. <laughs> but in a more broader sense, I think the um, the jobs I've done have massively helped. Like Because I've done like horrible like sales, cold calling jobs, like uh, door-to-door fundraising. And all of that's really helpful with stand-up, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, in terms of material, I don't think I'll ever do better than the dinner lady. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it is a, it's a very good job to have now your wikipedia as well as mentioning that you are a dinner lady it says uh, dan Tien, and born in 1996 in stockport now my hometown dan is southport and a lot of people get southport and stockport mixed up when you try and sort of say oh where are you from especially in edinburgh oh southport stockport near manchester no no it's like the well, other one <laughs> i'm know. glad you said that this was from wikipedia because i've been having a nightmare with this recently because i'm at, from manchester but I was born right. in Stockport, in a hospital in Stockport. So all of my right. mates like tease me and say I'm from Stockport. And now it's on my <laughs> Wikipedia in Stockport. Did Radio Manchester the other day, and at the end they went, that was Dan from Stockport. And I was like, oh, I need to sort this out. <laughs> <laughs> Get logged in and start, yeah, pay you £2 and edit it. Well, it also says, and this is where, it's obviously just a, a short couple of paragraphs and stuff. So we'll say Dan from, from Manchester, we'll set the record yeah. straight right now. <laughs> British Comedian of the Year 2022, debut 2023 Fringe show was going under. Now under personal life, it says Dan is Nora diverse and dyspraxic he is gay and he has a younger sister that is literally yeah. the sentence so if you go in and edit that you might want to just give a little bit more bit than light. just those yeah. headlines a bit is very clinical isn't it <laughs> yeah it is very like yeah it kind of feels like you're writing some kind of insurance form out exactly. <laughs> i guess that's all we really need to know but i'm yeah. right in saying the sort of neurodiverse element and a lot of the personal life of you you know from those jobs we've covered and various bits and pieces you have it forms a lot of the background to the show you did at the Fringe and previous little stand-up bits and the tour you're on now, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Like, I think the show, it's my first ever hour, so it's basically just all the jokes I've ever written. And it's very much just like, uh, this is who I am. That's kind of what the show is. 
comedy wise a big part of who I am is like dyspraxia is like just like a really one of the things that helps me be funny I think like a, a really funny thing like really clumsy and chaotic and fall over a lot and the way I stand is weird and stuff so so yeah that definitely forms a lot of my style. Do you think it kind of helps with having that subject compared to obviously other comics on the circuit you know do you kind of think it almost being creative and stuff and you know I found out I was dyslexic about two years ago and you kind of go oh it sort of makes a bit more sense now but do you kind of feel that creative edge gives you that extra push? Well I don't know about a creative edge because I think in stand-up it's fair to say that 90% of stand-up comedians are neurodiverse even if they're not diagnosed and I really don't think that's a highball number. So I wouldn't say it gives me an edge, but I think there's a reason why so many people do stand up. And that's because having a non-typical brain, I think, is probably really suits it. Yeah. So I think it definitely helps. Definitely helps me with stand up for sure. There's kind of like sort of subject wise. Is there anything that it feels like nothing's too much off limits, really? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if anything's as long as it's funny. That's the rule. And like as long (laughs) as it's being done to be funny, then it's not off limits. I talk about my sister's cancer in the show that they're going under. And uh, I think that was something that I did really, really delicately because I wouldn't want to just talk about it and not do it right. Or, yeah, it was something I really put under a microscope to make sure I did it. So it was firstly funny and there was a reason for it to be there. It just wasn't just deliberately shocking. Like, there are some really dark jokes in there. But, yeah, I like to think I've worked out how to do it in a way that you kind of understand it. And it's not too like, what the hell? Is, what's wrong with that guy? <laughs> <laughs> Have you sort of like got, you know, your family's blessing to sort of do that as well and particularly kind of, you know, having humour actually sometimes is the best form of medicine, as cheesy as that might yeah, sound? Yeah, no, well, I mean, quite nice in many ways because, you know, two years after the diagnosis, um, Phoebe got diagnosed. Yeah, she's in just a, such a much better position than she was when she got diagnosed. So it's, uh, you kind of fantasise early days that maybe there'll be a day where you all kind of laugh at it about it. And uh, doing a comedy show about it, that's like the most laugh about it. So I had to speak to Phoebe and check she was happy with that. Like, the main thing was just like not to tempt fate. So people with cancer yeah. are desperate to hear that, oh, she's better now, she's all done. And actually... Her treatment's far less intense, but she still has to take, like, she still technically has treatment and stuff. So it was like using the language to do it in a way that reassures the audience that, you know, she's doing pretty well, but also without tempting fate. And then the other thing was that Phoebe was keen for me to talk, do the show about it. It was an opportunity to plug, like, the Anthony Nolan charity, which is, like, the Stem Cell Register, which we're both really passionate yeah. about. Because you can, like, yeah, under 30s men in particular, they're really keen to get hold of. Because if you get, like, a match, you can... Um, yeah potentially save a life and it's really really easy so that was like yeah when when we kind of talked it through and realized that we could use it as a way to do that and uh, kind of i worked out what her boundaries were and stuff she's pretty yeah then she was dead laid back with me like <laughs> saying this these mad things <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah good job you're my bloody brother yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well we'll make sure we put details to the anthony nolan foundation we'll make sure we put that on our socials and stuff um it's one of them where it's not just for you in terms of stand-up i know you've dabbled in acting haven't you in and around the northwest hung around with rosie jones stand-up support for mickey flanagan and firm brady to name but two when you have a second or two who do you sort of like think 
I want to go and make sure I check those shows out because it might give you a little bit of food for thought for something else for, for a future tour or a future gig in your phone who you're like shit I'll make sure I need to come and come and see them yeah you know? well I mean I'm really lucky that like a lot of the stand-ups I love are like friends love like my mates like Paddy Young and Adam Flood and like both brilliant yeah they've done it yeah Sick. There yeah, you go. You're one pod, step yeah. ahead. You know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only get the good ones, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, like, my two favourites in the film have got to be Sam Campbell and John Kearns, I think. So many people. Yeah, man. I know it kind of is the million-dollar question, isn't it, with, you know, a lot of answers. Are you thinking Fringe this year, Dan, or do you want me just to move on from that? Because I always feel like people might go, oh, piss off, Johnny, I'm doing yeah, this tour now. I can't be arsed thinking about August. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> you, uh, you. You understand, like, what that question can evoke for some comedians. <laughs> but no, yeah, I have You can to... push it aside. It's fine, mate. It's okay. <laughs> I have to. It's good for me to talk about, to be honest, really, because I have just said yes, so I'm doing it. I'm doing another oh, okay, show. Okay, amazing. Yeah. So I need to. Uh, okay. I need to write to, it. Um, yes, yeah, like I face it. <laughs> it's happening <laughs> it's real well that's good that's amazing man well that's brilliant and got to strike while the iron's hot I guess haven't you do you know what I mean so yeah, yeah keep that creative brain going yeah, well. yeah. he needs a mental health to be in good <laughs> oh mate well talking about it helps doesn't it do yeah, you know what I mean yeah exactly <laughs> I'm going to leave it there mate because I know obviously you probably need to go back to your mum and it is only 10.36 as we're recording now so she might need a little bit of late breakfast that's early it, brunch um, <laughs> for details of Dan's tour like I said he's on tour right now obviously he's just confirmed he's doing a fringe this year which is fantastic so August 8th be dropping in and around soon but Manchester 28th of Feb Edinburgh 29th of Feb 3rd of March Glasgow 2nd of May London for all ticket details and to follow Dan on X and Insta it's at Tiernan Comedian it's where you can find out how to get tickets and of course what Dan is up to Dan it's been an absolute pleasure my friend thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes out of your day to speak to me I wish you all the best with the current tour I'll come and knock on the stage door at the fringe and say hello absolutely Johnny legend mate thanks for having me <laughs> take it easy mate and give my love to Stockport stroke Manchester <laughs> <laughs> take care bud see ya